All right, welcome to another episode of the Fat Boy Fadeaway Sports Podcast, episode 103. I got Tyler McGurk with me here on 9-11-2022. Tyler, obviously, when you say that date, for me and you, that date always is going to mean uh, a little something. Uh, of course, I always uh, want to point out uh, that morning for us, right? That morning was just, I don't even, I always like to ask, where were you? Like, what happened? How did you find out about it? I was laying in bed and my dad woke me up and he's like, come here, come here, come look at this. I, was, I thought something cool happened. I was like, oh, when, why are you waking me up? And then I look and I see a building on fire. I was like, oh, what the hell happened? A plane crash? He's like, yeah, I was like, oh, who cares? And then I get to school and it happens again. And one of my, my history teacher, I'm in history class, goes, says, damn Middle Easterns. <laughs> it's like, you said it in a different but I was like, oh God, this is not good for you started we started going into all this war talk and I was like, does that mean we get out of school if there's a war? Like or what's going on? Like, and when you brought that when you said that, I remember like for like a for a while there, like the race, there was a lot of racist towards people, Americans yeah. remember that. So that was that set off a string of bad events, obviously there. But yeah, for just that day alone. Yeah, I remember my dad uh I remember coming in and watching TV in the room and I was like, dad, there's like a hole in the building, like not really understanding even what it really was. I was a senior mm-hmm. in high school. So I'm saying, I'm guessing you were a freshman then, but yeah. Anyways, just kind of nine 11, just um, obviously a day reflection of on uh, not one of the best days in our country. That's for sure. Um, but it did bring something really cool that I haven't experienced since on, yeah. my, on September 12th. It's the most unified any like the nicest people were, like the next day everyone was just like it just felt like oh everyone's united and it hasn't felt that way in years no and, there was like and it just was like it's, and obviously we don't want that to happen again to, but it was just like this weird feeling where we all belong to this one thing that we cared about yeah no for sure yeah it's tragedy sometimes to do that does that for exactly. a short period there's a there's a point like that you mentioned nine twelve. That day does mean something to me, though, because that's my son's birthday, Xavier, my middle son. Uh, so this, week, this weekend, we had he had four of his friends over. No, three of his friends over. So four boys that are in first grade. Oh, God. That was quite loud. That was quite loud. Let's just put it that way. The energy was off the hook. How uh, was the heat? What was the heat index? That was only 100. But not, that's not oh, bad. Man, it was 114 100. earlier in the week, so we're good there. But anyway, Xavier's birthday, uh, I just wanted to wish my son a happy birthday. Uh, tomorrow uh so 9 12 i remember when he was being bored i was like don't be 9 11 don't be <laughs> i was like all right mate. he made it he made it that midnight um all right so with that said kind of some of the things from you know like we, we touched on this week uh it's football baby football's back we know that's the other big news of the day um not just the news of the day it's like the news of the world the football's taking over the world it means everything um uh, but with it being back i thought you know, we'll get into NFL here in a minute, but I noticed that you were texting or tweeting a little bit more about uh, college football. Are you starting to get a little bit more into it? It was a big game, Texas and Alabama. I expected Alabama to just roll over and they just, Texas looked good. I think, I think they would have won easy if they kept their quarterback. They were moving the ball at will. And I was just very, and it was a fun game. It wasn't high scoring or anything, but Bryce Young, the Alabama quarterback is always exciting. You want to see what he's going to do. You were and complaining then, a lot, though. See, like about the I, rest. I, I, complaining about. I never actually got. I had a son. My son had a soccer game, so I never got a chance to go back and rewatch it. I and I haven't even seen the highlights yet. So you'll have to. I'm just that. I saw a ton of college football, but I missed that game because it was at nine o'clock our time yesterday. 
So, uh, like, what, what, what were you complaining about, ref? There was, uh, like, Bama got calls? Bama got one call. Bama was making mistakes all game, like stupid mental mistakes, like roughings and whole, a lot of um, face masks. But then yeah. Bryce Young gets tackled. He's on his own player. He's not down yet. And a player on Alabama comes in, like, doesn't target him or anything. He just pushes him off, rolls him over, jumps yeah. over him. He throws it before he hits the ground. But it goes five feet. Yeah. They call a roughing the passer targeting. <laughs> that they go and review it. They take okay, away yeah. the roughing the passer and the targeting, but they say it's an incomplete pass. So oh, they no. got to keep the – they just punted it away on fourth down. Gotcha. It should have been grounding. Yeah. And it was like, that, that. Gotcha. And I was just like, why can't you challenge these and get the play call right? Like, I don't know. You can't challenge that. That doesn't make sense to me. I get if it. There's always rules like that. I saw Pete yeah, Sharp mentioned NBA does that, too. If there's, they like, do. certain things you can't but challenge. But it's dumb. Why can't like, you remember, just go and review a play and get it right? My favorite NBA one is the one with Durant against the Rockets, like, four Where or five. Where he's, like, years. five feet out of bounds? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they got the pass. Uh, that was, like, my favorite one. Uh yeah, I got to watch some of the other games. Bama, I think of Bama, Texas, first of all. I just think a traditional school there. Just, you know, just your traditional football schooler. How did Manning look? He didn't play. He was, or, he was he, still a senior in high school. Okay, okay. He's the going. See, I thought – I was like, he's going to decommit because Alabama's going to beat this team by 45, and this Texas looked really good. Their offensive line held up. They blocked the best defensive end in the, league, in the nation very well. I don't know why I thought he was playing next year. Uh, I guess next year I got confused. Uh, I did watch some of the other games. Uh, there I watched uh, the Appalachian State-Texas A&M second half game there. Texas A&M looked terrible. Uh, they just did not look good at all. Uh, and then Notre Dame loses. So people, so I hear some people saying that the – I just can't imagine him getting fired after one year. I mean, unless he goes like 1-11 and 11 or something like that. I, I just can't see him getting fired. I mean – I could see him getting fired, but not I just now. feel like he'll get a shot. Yeah, I feel like he'll at least get a two-year run there. Um, but the thing about college football I've always do enjoy a little bit more than the NFL is, like, the pageantry of just the whole setting of it. Like, it's kind of like there was this video of Appalachian State uh, winning yesterday and, like, uh, basically, you know, they're, wherever they were probably watching at their watch party, they all kind of made their way to the downtown rushing and stuff like that. Just this, like, kind of organic feel you Kind of don't always get in the NFL city, so I thought you know what the video cool. reminded me of. It reminded me of when Scar releases the uh, hyenas that chase down the antelopes and start the stampede, and the fans are coming running down the street. Somebody like, pull them off the car! Pull them off the car! Uh, I was like, what is going on here? Yeah, that was crazy. So yeah, college football a little talk there, and I think for me too. Also, some of the guys we've got to interact with are more into college football, so just kind of those yeah. some of those things too. Uh, Seawood, especially, kind of interacting with that a little bit. And obviously, P Shark and some of the other guys. I feel like my college football interest has gone up a little bit. Obviously, knowledge, not so much if I thought Manning was playing for Texas. So people can correct me on that one. But everything else, I'm not that, idiot, not much of an idiot on. All right, let's go to the NFL here. That's what we're really here to talk here. Uh, I kind of want to start with week one. I wanted to talk Bills Rams a little bit, but we'll kind of save the Bills a little bit for later. But let's just kind of real quick on the Rams in that Thursday night game. They looked awful. They looked terrible in that first game. So you had to be very encouraged as a Niners fan that the Rams, I mean, Stafford, I mean, all he does, he did he realize that he has other players on his team? Like, I have Allen Robinson on my fancy two targets. What are you doing, buddy? Come on, get your head together. They looked awful. Um, but I always kind of think of week one 
at first, I, in my head, I was like, ah, you know, week one doesn't mean everything. Like, you can lose, and there's a chance for you just to like make the playoffs. But then I looked at the numbers of the stat. It actually does make a massive difference. Like, I guess I, I looked at, uh, it says, out of the 319 teams that won season openers, 166 went to the playoffs, right? So well, that's like half. So 117 teams that lost the opener, only 78 went to the playoffs. So I'm not saying it's make or break in every year. Of course, that can change. I remember there was one stretch where seven straight years, the team that won the Super Bowl uh, lost week one. So it doesn't mean everything, but it does kind of mean a lot for your chances to go to the playoffs. Maybe not to win necessarily a Super Bowl. So, you know, you want to get in football, it's a shorter, a short season. We'll see if that actually makes a difference now with the one game being added on in the future. But um, what are your kind of take of the first week here? Uh, any games stick out? Uh, and with that said, like, what are your kind of thoughts of the importance of getting off to a good start? To touch on what you just said and the start, obviously you want to win games to start the season. It gives you some like room for mistake later. Like the Packers yeah. got blown out week one last week and Rodgers was coming off his dramatic offseason. Like, oh, yeah. And they won right. 13 games. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I don't believe it's every, like, it's not like, oh, the Rams are done. But what I saw was the Rams can't run the ball. Losing Andrew Whitworth was huge. Yeah. And Stafford didn't look like he had the same zip on the ball yet last year. His shoulder, the little fatigue they've been talking about all offseason, looks like it could be real. They didn't throw any bombs, really. No, and all the ones he did, he missed by like 30 yards. They weren't like even close. And Allen Robinson's not someone I'm a big fan. I'm just not. A, he's a he's like a big receiver who can go up and get He's not like a separation guy. Like Odell was perfect for, I think, McVay's system. So I think that's a little downgrade that I didn't really see happening because Allen Robinson is a good player. Yeah. And then going forward, the game, I, I have got two games. I'm excited. Do you want me to mention one and mm-hmm. save them both? The game right. I, is yeah, just start, it's Chargers Raiders just yeah. because we're here in the Bay Area. Yeah, the Raiders are in Las Vegas. But they're still have a home. Yes, the Raiders still, yeah. I, Derek Carr, I just want to see what he's about. I I don't. I want to see it before I believe it. You've been. You mentioned him it. almost every podcast Is because he, he's in. Tre- he has everything now. There's no excuses for him, and I just want to see what he's got. And then on the other side, Herbert is my favorite, probably NFL player to watch right now. All right, the way he slings it. And then another game is the Bucks versus the Cowboys. Last year was the Thursday night game. It was a great game. And then yeah. seeing Tom after this tumultuous, tumultuous offseason. Come back to you if he still has it, or if he's finally going to hit that cliff Max Kellerman was talking about a decade ago. That's <laughs> fortunate. He led the league in passing and touchdowns, I believe, last year, right? In the regular yeah. Um, all right, number one player by the players. Uh, back to it real quick. My uh, my gate, my week one kind of little things here. Uh, the Chiefs have won seven straight. That's the longest active streak on opening days, and they've obviously had good seasons. And the, the longest losing streak is the Browns at 17. They've lost 17 straight opening weeks. <laughs> so maybe it, and then the Eagles are number two at nine. So that kind of gives you a little perspective on the importance of week one and making the playoffs, not necessarily winning the Super Bowl. Um, so uh, another thing here, you mentioned games of the week here. Uh, I have the Cowboys Bucks. Is another one. I think that's going to be a, a, a really good game. I was looking at the morning slate. It's, early on it's not an intriguing matchup game maybe later in the season as your teams progress they'll obviously be better matchups but based on how they did last year they're not like super exciting the one i would probably be the most intrigued about but it's hard because mitchell's the quarterback is the steelers Bengals. 
but I am still intrigued. The, the Steelers just have a way, right? So I'm kind of interested if they can pull out a W there. Um, and then the other game for me, I do, I am actually intrigued with is the Chiefs Cardinals. So that one, I am also kind of interested to see how Murray does. And uh, the Chiefs, of course, on week one, can they keep their streak going uh, as well? Um, the Niners, you didn't mention them. I'm curious, you know, obviously you don't want to be a homer about it, but that's also obviously kind of the big talk around here with Lance getting the, his first start and uh, well, his first uh, start as the quarterback, we'll say yeah. not the, not the backup and getting to start there. Uh, it's got the one thing with this. I had the Niners going to the Super Bowl. We'll give you, we'll get your picks here in a little bit here, but I, last week I mentioned I had the bills and the Niners going to the Super Bowl. The, the, only, thing looking that, good. the only thing that's concerning me about the Niners is if something goes a little off the rail at the quarterback position, can the media drive this team a little bit? Cause there's going to be 500 people writing about just a little story every week. And is it going to be any division there? Like, like Breer this week, he went, he went on in his article this week to say, um, anyway, he went on to say Lance was a little annoyed in the immediate after aftermath. He's smart, mature kid who I believe can handle it. Uh, he wrote in his uh, Monday quarterback column. Truth is, if he couldn't, you might have a bigger questions about where the Niners are at the position. And that's kind of been your point. If he can't handle it, then he shouldn't be the quarterback. So exactly. I don't where are you really, at with this Niners thing? But more importantly, how can it affect the season, or do you think it has will have no effect on the season? I think it can only affect it in a positive way. If right. Lance can't handle it, we have a guy who can take it to the NFC Championship while he's not the most dynamic player, and he's going to make mistakes and throw balls. You're like, what are you doing? He's also going to make some plays at the end of halves, end of quarters, end of games to bring you down the field. It is what I mean. Lance needs to be good. Let's be real. Lance, if we want to win the Super Bowl, we need Lance to be good. And if he gets hurt, then we have Garoppolo, which isn't a bad thing. If this whole like dynamic of having both is going to hurt Lance's feeling, I don't really, I don't buy into that notion that that is going to, if it does, then I don't want him as my quarterback. If you're so like, fragile that having another quarterback it's not like Shane is going to take him out halfway through the game and then put in Garoppolo and put back in Lance more like, no. you know, he's not going to do he's not going to pull a Montana young or something like that no. you know? exactly. I feel like he has the keys to the car Shane has made that clear the only thing the Niners made the only thing the Niners messed up on was earlier in the offseason they kind of made it pretty clear they were I mean Jimmy G at the end of his last game right his quotes like see ya I'm out or whatever he says there at the end of his press conference so he obviously knew he was gone the surgery changes is the best thing case for the scenario. Like I said last week, he has the no clause, which kind of let, allows him to pick where he gets traded to. You know what? You know what I mean? It's not like the Niners can just trade him off. He has to agree to go to that to that team and in, in that situation. So for this year, so but I don't think any team's going to give the Niners Probably what they not. want for him if they're not missing a quarterback, and that's where he wants to go. Someone where the quarterback's gone, so he can play. Tyler, can I bring this back to the Niners? Though full picture though here from Lance, yeah, yeah. he's the quarterback. So are, I know you're feeling good about the team. Uh, I feel good about happen? Lance. I like yeah. Lance. I think he's going to so be fine. Let's lead this into your division winners. Let's go through this quickly. We did ours last week. You weren't on the podcast. Can you can you give me your NFC picks here real quick, starting with the NFC West? Yeah, I got the Niners in the West, the Cowboys right. in the East, the Bucks in the South, and the Packers in the North. Pretty tough. You got to get that stuff on tape. So the Packers are interested in Casey and uh, – and Brian both had the Vikings last week. Uh, so that was an interesting choice. I could see that maybe, you know, maybe the, no one knows Rodgers sometimes, right? It's so we'll freaking Rodgers. It is, though. All right, AFC, let's see what you got for that side. In the West, I got the Chargers. In the East, I got the Bills. In the South, I got the Colts. 
In the north, I have the Ravens. What do you think of Casey's Jaguars South pick last week? I give him a lot. When I first heard it, I was like, this kid is out of his mind. I actually really like it. I think it's a smart pick, like a high a high, high risk, high upside, yeah. low. Like, yeah, you miss one, but it's the AFC South. It's always like this kind of below average division for the most part. Not the, I mean, the Titans have been good the last two years in the regular season. Yeah. But they lost like, And they got yeah. Lawrence. He's a number one pick, right? I mean, he, he, sometimes those guys get exploded. Yeah. And they got a head coach who's done it before. And they have, they, <laughs> they overpaid for receivers. Yes. But they at least have but receivers now. Yeah. Like, so it just, I think they had a good offseason. They get Etienne back from injury last year. What do you think of our guys, Adams, Patriots? Oh, sensitive Adam. Uh, probably like seven and ten. I just don't buy Mac Jones. They have no weapons. They have nothing dynamic. Um, Nicole Myers. Uh, you're telling me the Titans. I have them nine, nine and eight. Nine and eight. So you have the, you have them maybe on the wild card brink there. Yeah. How about our, how about Savage and our Eagles here? You think they're gonna? Where do you I have, have the Eagles them? making the wild card? A lot of people. I was surprised. I saw even Jason from Thirty Three had the Eagles making the Super Bowl. That was shocking. I mean, a lot of people are on that little bandwagon there. Right? I don't buy. I don't buy the Sirianni's play calling. They can't get the ball down the field. If they do, then yeah, they're, they're going to be dynamic. But they haven't proven it yet where they can throw the ball down the field. Thank God you said his name for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I can say AJ Brown all day. I got that one, Pat. I got that. One. <laughs> Easy does it. Easy does it. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I just don't. I mean, the Eagles. I think they made the playoffs last year, and they're better this year. And how about our guy? Them, so. How about our guy, Jim Otto? Jim Otto. Bengals to the bench. The Bengals. Uh, do I have them in the wild card? You got to have them beating the Steelers. Or, no, you have the Ravens probably winning that division. Yeah, the Ravens you? winning that division. I, I don't have them in the, the wild card. Speaking of the Ravens, he was tough on the Ravens, and you wanted to get into Lamar Jackson a little bit right now. Let's let's kind of transition. He, I feel like with he turning down the contract, what was it, 240? I heard he turned down today or something like that. I read this morning. Um, fully guaranteed or no? Because he I wants fully like, guaranteed. Well, I mean, after probably seeing Deshaun get it, and he knows he's a running quarterback and he knows the Ravens are going to use him as such. You know, that's an understand that's an understanding ask. You know, if you want to play out your season and take that risk, that's your option to do that. Doesn't mean another team's going to give it to you, but you can do that. Um uh, he, I want to Jim on Jimmy on that podcast we did Sunday night that you're going to join with us today on Variety Sports Network. The gridiron, uh, talking gridiron, talking gridiron that we're looking forward to doing this week. Um, he mentioned that he thought um, that the what was I talking about again? <laughs> I got off uh, 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 <laughs> uh, the Lamar. Ravens quarterback. Oh yeah, he was saying that. Uh, What's his name? Lamar, Lamar, Lamar Jackson, Jackson. Jimmy. Jimmy. I got thrown yeah. off there when I said Variety Sports Network there. Uh, he was saying that he thought Lamar uh, Lamar Jackson was kind of overrated. And I was like, I don't know. I see it as if he's kind of picked to be a top five MVP candidate, why are – how can he be overrated? I don't know. Like, I feel like he's maybe doesn't deserve the top five money, but I feel like that's just kind of how the quarterback position weirdly works. Is like these guys kind of just get paid when they're up. Like, is he any worse than Kyler Murray? Am I missing something? I just – I know we've ripped on him for his throwing, and I know he has his limitations. But, man, I'd rather have him over most quarterbacks. So why wouldn't you want to keep him? I, you hit it on the head. It's just the fully guaranteed long-term contract with a guy who runs like that. And that's his most dynamic 
thing is, but I agree with you. He's a great player. But if I'm the Ravens, I did it once. I made a quarterback go earn it, and look what happened. We won the Super Bowl. And then we made Joe Flacco the highest paid player of the league. Which so, is exactly. a good thing. But yeah, I just, I'm not paying him that long term deal, but I'm holding on to him. I'm going to franchise him and I'm going to get a lot back for him. Or yeah. is this going to be on a short term deal if I have to pay him fully guaranteed money? That's because of the way he plays football and the way I want him to play football. Because he is dynamic. You're right. He is a top five. He's probably like just because of if what I want to bet on a, him, he's a t- he's getting odds as a top five quarterback or top especially five. Especially as an MVP, MVP, like I don't know about winning the Super Bowl top five quarterback. No, guy. just MVP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, he's that dynamic. But if you're there, you're you're going to pay for that guy. Like, like I'm at least keeping Browns. him around and getting something a lot in the, return. Look what the Browns were willing to risk. You know what I mean? Look at a team like that. And you're telling me like a, you're telling me a team won't risk something for like Lamar Jackson. I mean, I just don't see it. So uh, I, I expect him to get paid from somebody. It might not be. Oh, the for highest sure, he's going to get paid. He's going to get some. Somebody's going to be out there. It'd be interesting what team he goes to if it's not the Ravens. He just seems like a perfect fit for the Ravens. Harbaugh. Um, do you think he's the most polarizing player right now this year, or do you think like like do you feel polarizing like he's a player? Well, like just in terms of like where everybody's like because he has the contract situation. I guess until Watson comes back, maybe those two guys. Like, I'm trying to think of another guy. Like, Eilers up there. People always just like, oh, I'm interested. Like, Tyree Kill is like, I'm just not like. He's not. He's a wide receiver. Exactly. Like, I mean, is there somebody you're kind of like really like? I mean, Von Miller. I've mentioned him already. The guy who I've brought up the last four podcasts, Derek Carr to me. I, I, he's polarizing. Prescott a little bit too. You brought him up a lot this year. Yeah, being a quarterback in Dallas, yeah, you're going to be. But the, the Raiders have so much. This is their year. If any year is their year, this is the year for them to do it. I did that poll, 60 votes, 62 votes. Warrior, the Raiders uh, Raiders got the win there. So I was like, hey, <laughs> hey, last team here, I want to get your thoughts on Broncos. Because I like the Broncos. Broncos. I really like the Broncos. If they can stay healthy and Chubb is, improves, takes another step. I like Wilson. I like Sutton. I like Judy. I love Javante Williams. If they, I just hope they don't give the ball to Melvin Gordon 200 times this year, which they probably will do. <laughs> I really like Javante Williams. He's just old and slower now. No, I do not have. I have all the. I have all the damn Bengals from Jimmy, and they just fell in line. I have uh, Jamar uh, Burrow, and then I have their tight end. Um. All right. Super Bowl pick and winner. Who do you got? I got Chargers. I got Chargers Niners. I didn't pick a winner yet. I mean. I can't pick against the Niners if I have them in the Super Bowl. You got those, and you picked those two teams last year, right? Yes. So you're going the Berman style, I always say. If you go, you just keep getting the same two teams. You might hit on it one of these times. Get going there. It takes a long time. He's still waiting for that Bills Niners matchup, though. This might be. You the want year. you you took the Berman matchup this year. I did this year. I did take the Bills and Niners. So we'll see. Uh, call you Boomer. Call me Boomer on that. Um, what division do you feel like is up for grabs the most? If you had to kind of think, you think it's the AFC West just because they have the most talent on it? Or you think there's like, I kind of feel like, like, I think Jimmy, he was mentioned too, also about the Chiefs kind of, I feel like they are, there is a, there is a, there is a scenario where they just run away with the West. Like, I, you know what I mean? with the Chiefs. Yeah. Like there is a scenario there where the other teams beat each other up and they just kind of get on a run with a motivated Mahomes and Reed just putting the. Yeah, you have, so, I feel you like have Mahomes in FU mode. I, I think it's every division in the AFC except the East. I think the Bills were run away with the East with the Dolphins trying to stay at their heels. But I think every division in the AFC is going to be very up for grabs. 
Yeah, that'll be everything. That, the Brady year this year, the Bucks. Is, it's a weird year at the South. It's a weird yeah. year with the, the kind of like how you know, I feel like the media is giving him more respect and Giselle more respect than they usually give most celebrities. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I just you know usually you'd have something out all oh, every time around. Just not even for somebody like me that never even looks for it. It just kind of finds a way. <laughs> so, but you feel like something's going on there in the background. It'll be interesting. What, how that I mean, there's out. some things about Brady that's going on. And then like, they're saying he's going through a divorce. They're saying like he's had plastic surgery. There's some like behind the scenes, like it's not the bucks in him. It's more him personally. And like, right. it's weird that Bruce Arians retired this year because Brady came back. Like he's like, Oh, I wanted to give who's the head coach there Leftwich or no, no, oh, no. Well, no, it's no, look, I'm good, but continue. But they, he left because he's like, Oh, Brady's coming back, so I can give him a good quarterback to go into the season with, and we should be fine. But that, I don't buy that. Like, the Arians would just walk away from him and Brady must have had some issues that were never mentioned or never talked about. Uh, um, yeah, Todd Bowles is a good, but in that division, the Saints could be good. They, depending on Jameis, the defense looks like it's going to be filthy. Somebody picked, I think it was Keyshawn picked the Saints to win the whole thing. I thought that was Keyshawn's like, Keyshawn. Plus 4,000. I mean, I know Damian Adams is probably happy about that. He probably was happy. Well, I, that. I, I, he doesn't even have the cojones to pick that. <laughs> Nobody has the cojones. 4,000. Uh, what do you think about the Panthers this year, too, with Mayfield? Or, uh, or, I feel like if there's a world, too, also with them. They could win the, that division. I know he, I mean, like I always said, like sometimes I put some stock in one year wonders. And I feel like Baker, there's a world too where he could have a another little bounce back year, and he does have a good defense. You know, I, I don't know. I think there's and he has there's McCaffrey a- and DJ Moore. I, he has the weapons that he had in Cleveland when he was good with Landry. OBJ. That's the thing with could. football; it's so crazy year to year. Like you can't honestly predict it, right? No, it's honestly all just throwing things out there that you think sound good in the moment, almost like, oh yeah, Baker has DJ and uh, McCaff- McCaffrey's the key to that whole thing. Well, because there's always odds in football. At the beginning of the year, Vegas sets odds. Every year, there's always a team that defies these odds. Like, it just happens in this sport. Yeah. Very rarely is a cookie cutter, like the NBA or something like that. So I just interested, like, remember the Ra- all the way back to the Rams in the early, you know, just coming out of nowhere. There's always teams that kind of just come out of nowhere. Like the Bengals last year, yeah, they had, we knew them, but then nobody thought Super Bowl right away or something no. like that. So you could have had, you know, good odds there. Um, so I don't know. I mean, speaking of the Bengals, going into the Bengals, like, Jamar Chase couldn't catch a football and there was like rumors he was saying oh there's no stripe on the ball so it's harder to see and then he comes out puts up 1700 yards and it's like the next jerry rice so like it's just storylines people gotta write stuff people have to write stuff the nfl is the biggest monopoly right now we have i think in right i mean it's got to be in the sports world it's got to be one of the biggest monopoly. it's got to be the biggest yeah. monopoly yeah i guess the ncaa but <laughs> a whole different animal so i mean i don't know how we really put copyright that one so Maybe the Premier League, I don't know. Maybe there's something bigger than I'm a you know, Spanish league that I don't know about. But here in the States, it's got it's the NFL by far. For sure. Um, anything else you want to get to NFL? We talked a lot of NFL there. There's, we're going to get into more, obviously, tonight. Um, it's, always a, it's always a big day around the country here. Uh, did you pick an MVP for this year? I did, yes. I picked Allen. You, you got one? Uh, I got Herbert. I picked Bosa as my defensive player of the year. I just kind of Joey? No, I pick Nick. That's a good I'm, choice. I'm expecting a good year from him. From all the reports you read, you hear out here in the Bay Area, he's just looks like an unreal player. And he knew that from the beginning. There's just certain guys that are just 
dominant players from the go, and he's one of them. So I expect yeah, him to win. I expect him to have one year here where he maybe wins the defensive player of the year. So yeah, the only game. question about him was he sat out the last eight games. Like, does he love football? And he's yeah. like third generation he's NFL a, player, so he loves obviously loves football. So he's a beast. Yeah, he's a beast. All right. Um, so with that said, uh, why don't we take a little break there, and we'll be back uh, here in a second. All right, welcome back to the Fat Boy Fadeaway Sports Podcast. Uh, all right, before we kind of move on here to the NBA, a lot of good things NBA-wise uh, this week. I kind of want to pick your brain on. I want to first mention uh, our brain or uh, our ad here, our one of our sponsors, Row One Brand. You mentioned them last week. You got the Giants poster. Hopefully ago, that has yeah. arrived two weeks ago. It arrived uh, perfectly. Nice shape. Looked beautiful. Go check out Row One. It's and if you use the code at Variety Sports Network, uh, VSP15, you'll get 15% off anything in their art gallery there. Like I said, they got good stuff there. Go check it out, especially with college football starting. I know they've really been uh, pushing out some things there. They actually got some <laughs> really good kind of fun pictures, old school pictures that I kind of like to mess around with. So, uh, yeah, go check out their things. I like uh, last week I gave Casey a bad time about uh, turning down a row one seats, Tyler. Remember for that Clippers uh Clippers game, and then when you got to benefit going to the Nuggets Oh, it game. definitely benefited me. I like Casey every day, even though the Warriors lost, but carry on. So as of that row, what I always told him, I always think of uh, those tickets, and I uh, want to get those tickets blowed up. I should give them the row one, and they could uh, put it on my wall. That's the kind of one of the neatest things I actually like that row one does is their tickets. That is a weird thing that I like to collect is tickets. Do you ever have anything? That you, is there? Do you collect tickets or anything like that? Like no, they, I, I collect baseball card tickets are a great collection item if you did it from when you were a they kid. They don't do it anymore. No, and now you can't get tickets. So yeah, it's a great. I think it's a great collection item. So and you I can like get the them fact, at row one. Yeah, so I like the fact that they can blow them up and put them on the wall because it's just kind of a weird collection item. I like, so I want to do that with Casey and those uh, those Warriors tickets there. So again, use the code VSP fifteen over at row one brand uh, at cool stub on Twitter and you'll get 15% off anything in their art gallery. I also wanted to mention uh, again, like me and Tyler, obviously a part of the variety sports network, proud members of it uh, go on their uh, website. There's other good podcasts on there that you can check out. Like I said, a variety of them. <laughs> we got our guys at the far end of the bench. They just put out there. I think their 107th episode, good stuff, uh, pretty much football heavy like ours is. And um so uh, a lot of good stuff out there on Variety Sports Network. We're also going to be doing a podcast, a live episode tonight, Tyler, uh, called the Grit, Talking the Gridiron. Jimmy will be on there from the far end of the bench. You'll be joining us this week, not from Absolutely. Disneyland. You're refreshed. So uh, I'm on fire, folks. We're going to be doing that live, and that's going to be interesting. We're hoping people will want to tune in because I think and leave comments. We, I'm hoping now that we have games we'll have something we can really react to and we'll can really have some energy and some passion. Hopefully we can get some people firing in with some of their thoughts. So hope we can keep the, the, keep the show entertaining there for us. So check it out on variety sports network tonight, uh, eight o'clock Pacific uh, time uh, there tonight. So Tyler with that, no, hold on, said, I have a quick question. You mentioned yeah. the live aspect. If the Raiders sit the bed and lose by like 20 points, what's your actually going to be coming out on that podcast? Sad, uh, angry, uh, Tyler, if you don't, you gotta you gotta say tune in. We'll be there later. You have to tune in at eight o'clock later tonight for the reaction to find out. That'd be like you saying the Niners to the Bears. I'll be happy. Of course you are gonna be happy. You're gonna yes, that's what's gonna happen. And I'll be it depends how they lose to the Chargers. I look forward to all the reactions. Jimmy, I know he hates the Steelers with an absolute passion. 
So I'm looking forward to his reaction uh, in that game as well, especially if it goes south. We could have a very fiery podcast uh, come to our uh, live show tonight. So again, check out Variety Sports Network. It's interesting for us, Tyler, doing the live aspect of it. We kind of eventually want to bring this podcast live here in the morning. So hopefully we'll eventually get to that point as well. But uh, yeah, looking forward to tonight. Check us out uh, tonight, 8 o'clock there. All right. We talked a lot about the NFL early on here. Let's kind of go into part two here. NBA, stay with us, people. Don't tune us off. Don't let that, don't let that arrow go down. Stay up with us. NBA-wise, uh, this week, I thought the f- most fascinating thing for me are these uh, this tournament that might be coming out. We mentioned it before, but this week it kind of seems like it was confirmed that it's going to be a go next year, this two that into or next year possibly as soon as next year this midseason tournament uh, that could happen. So I kind of want to get your thoughts on it before I do. I want to kind of explain how it works. So it sounds like you're going to, doesn't really sound like it affects regular season play. It it sounds like only one game will be added extra to the season. So it sounds to me like as the teams are playing the early regular season schedule, those wins in a way to me, sounds like it's going to be a point system. And then as they kind of make it to November, the top eight are going to be in this, this tournament where it'll be a one game elimination. Now it's stated in the one game elimination these games will not affect the the regular season schedule. They will go towards the regular season. That part is still confusing to me, and I tried to research it, and I just can't find how that part will work. So they're going to be doing that, and then they'll have the one extra game to have this champion. So my question to you with the NBA on this is, A, why are we doing this? I think, you know, the The main reason money, right? But I also think there's this aspect of it. We want terrible teams to have a chance to be good and fan bases have a chance to win something. And I don't really like that at all. I don't, I just think it's kind of a, until, until the players, the coaches and the fans think it's worth something, it's going to mean nothing. It's just going to be a joke at the beginning. I'm curious where it goes in the next 20 years, but your initial thoughts of this play in, or it's not really a play in tournament. It's this weird play in tournament here mid season. Yeah, I have so it's gonna it's a stupid idea to start if it builds on something. I think it gives the lower level teams something to play for. Yeah, like Lamelo Ball is gonna rack, maybe rack up whatever this tournament's called MVPs. Like, oh, this guy was MVP. Like, I think like the Warriors, they're not gonna care about this stupid tournament. They have more. Bigger like things. They even to worry play about. their best players in this one. Extra. That's what I'm saying. They're not. It's going to be Jordan Poole is going to be their best player. They're running out, getting minutes. They're not playing Curry if they have a chance at NBA Finals. They're not playing Clay. They're not playing Draymond. It's going to be like Kaminga, Moody, Wiseman. Even Wiseman probably won't play because of his injury pass. It's just not for me. It's I a think soccer it's a format. It works idea. for soccer, and that's what seems like the NBA is trying to go. Soccer's like soccer been going on for hundreds of years. Well, with now you got to start some point, right? And that's why well, you don't thinking. have to start. Just keep doing what you're doing. The NBA is thriving right now. They're no, okay. My other argument, than the bubble era has been my going argument up. For it, Tyler, would be that the regular season at the beginning is one of the most boring things in the history of the world, right? Nobody tunes in. Everybody says no December. So if you have a tournament early November. Not like a tournament. I guess that's the wrong word. More they call it like a they call it a tournament, but it's not really a tournament. It's just like eight teams that kind of work their way up to this. That's the way it sounds. So does it give the NBA a little relevance earlier in the season? I don't think it because it's a tournament of who's playing. No one good's playing. No one that anyone cares about is gonna play in it. Yeah, it's I, not you know, a good tournament. No one, it's, like you said, like oh, it gives it relevance. No I'm trying here to help. If your I'm stars trying. are not played in it, 
No one's watching. No one cares. Give me the regular season games with Steph and Clay and Bradley well, Beal on the Wizards. Is there a world where it ever makes a difference? Like for your I don't Hall know why that's a Bradley Beal. For the Hall of Fame, does it ever make a difference? It should <laughs> I mean, maybe. That's, that was my first thought where I went to. I was like, oh, is LeBron James going to try and win, try and win one of these? Or is Kevin Durant going to try and win one to be like the first one to have one? Well, I just, okay. It shouldn't. In soccer, right, just to get straight, I know we're not, we're getting on They have like the... Then they have like as you go, they have what's the one that the Premier League kind of does? Is it? It's not the European Cup. I know that's the FA Cup. Uh, okay, so they have that, and then don't they have another one too? I feel like maybe not, but they uh, they have like these. Is that just between the leagues? Just the Premier FA Cup? That's the English League. Okay, so and that, but that includes like the minor league teams too, if I'm correct, right? And some of those, like not the some of them, yeah, the lower teams too. Yeah. All right, it'll be interesting how that this plays out. The fan reaction, I feel, is the key to it. The players, the coaches, like you said, are the best players playing in this one game, extra game. That doesn't necessarily mean something. But Tyler, and the, but a big factor also will be the prize money. So what is the prize for this? You know, if there's big money involved, you're going to get players to play. That's just the way it is. You know, for a one game. Will you? The owner will make you make the players play because the players aren't going to get so I don't know if the right? owner – I don't know how that will work. That might be part of the contract going forward, you know, with it, but – I would think, like, hypothetically, if Giannis could, like, they said, okay, the winning team can get $45 million to spread out amongst the team, amongst the players and coaches. Maybe there's a world where the players are like, ah, that's a decent amount of cash there for some of the younger, you know, I don't know. That's my thought with it. So we'll see where it goes uh, there at this tournament. It's always just kind of been fascinating with me. And obviously, as NBA fans, uh, (laughs) I'm just curious where it goes uh, early on. It would have been a big deal when the Warriors were really terrible back in the day for me. It would have been a big deal. I mean, I, could you imagine us like this would have been like yes, big thing. We're in it. We're in it. We get the one extra game. We're playing the we're playing the Lakers for it. Um, all right. The other thing from the NBA, we, oh, kind of more importantly, I wanted to discuss was they had the Hall of Fame come out. Uh, the Hall of Fame speeches were yesterday. There was a lot. A lot of people. Thirteen members uh, of the list. The only one I was a little confused on was Del Harris. Obviously, he's been in the league for uh, fifty years, so it's hard to rip on him that much. Well, but it was Del Harris. I don't know. It's just kind of look. You look at, think of him as not necessarily a Hall of Famer, but in the league, fifty years, it is what it is. There, uh, I'm not going to put any more judgment on that than I already have. Uh, so let's get into some of the main guys: Tim Hardaway, Ginobili, George Carl. I know if Casey was on here, he would say the WNBA was uh, Swin Cash and Waylon, who I remember from the University of Minnesota back in the day. So you have those are kind of the five main guys that stay out to me. Obviously, I think Bob Huggins also made the Hall of Fame. Um, Coach, I remember from Cincinnati, big deal since Steve Logan, the point guard for Cincinnati, all these old guys that or Kenyon Martin, just kind of like they had that like is it I, I don't the think state. They had this like rough mentality, remember? They had this you know, the, the guys that were on their team, they'd be playing this, this rough Ruben Patterson, you know, they had all these guys that kind of played that what style of basketball, Stevenson. So uh Huggins gets in the nod as well. Hardaway, though, he was a warrior for seven years, Barrier. Last member of the run TMC that makes it fan favorite around here, killer crossover. Um, five time all star, five time all NBA. Took a while, but he's in. Any memories of that? The, the killer crossover? Uh, yeah, it's mostly with Miami, uh, for Tim Hardaway. This yeah, play he with joined Zoe. Miami 95. So you playing with Zoe and Mashburn and those guys. Yeah, it goes to show you how big of a freaking mess the Warriors were back in the day. They had three Hall of Famers, 25 and under. Yeah. 
And they could do nothing. Four Hall of Famers, if you include Marcellotis, who should be in the Hall of Fame. And then Weber. (laughs) And then Von Nelson, six. And you you get the second seed one year, and you lose in the first round to Seattle. And you do nothing. You blow it up. You become irrelevant for 20 years. But he made them relevant, Hardaway. He, I mean, he made it relevant early on. He, you know, him along with Moore. it was all three of them together. It wasn't just one. Well, and Mitchell and Richmond was only there for what two years, so he wasn't. But there he was there the year they were the two seed. They were the two. Uh, they beat the two seed. Uh, they no, were, they were the two seed, uh, and they um, lost to Seattle in the first round. To Seattle. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the thing I remember about him too was I felt like early on as a point guard, he. Um, he shot a lot of threes. I felt like for a point guard back then, not many guys were shooting that many. He, I looked at his stats here. He was more averaging. There's one year he averaged uh, nine attempts a, a, a game, and one year in 96, 97 with the Heat, he averaged ten. That feels like a lot for somebody back then. And you know, I didn't. I, I kind of remember him getting the green light, obviously a lot from Nelson. Uh, I've seen that game against uh, the Lakers and him in the playoffs in Game One. He was exceptional there at the floaters. His trash talking is epic part of his game. Uh, yeah, even when, pitch voice. Him, even when you hear him do radios, still he still kind of has that little dog in it where he's just kind of like you know he wants to play somebody right now. Man, I just matchups with him and Gary Payton must have been fun. They must have there must have been a lot of talking between those two when they were playing basketball against each other. So Hardaway and the big thing I think with the Warriors you mentioned them was Weber, Hardaway wasn't healthy Weber's rookie year. I think that was kind of a killer. He was, he was hurt the whole year. <laughs> Maybe if he's there, things play out a little differently. You never know. You know what I mean? So he's coming off three straight all-stars, gets hurt. He misses all Weber's rookie year. Maybe there's a world, Tyler, where things go different there in Golden State. So you never know. Um, but shout out to uh, Tim Hardaway, uh, Warriors legend here, uh, making the Hall of Fame. Ginobili, he's kind of the most relevant one. George Carl, he kind of was also the most kind of relevant in terms of coaching in the times we were watching. George Carl, his speech, I was interested in watching uh, yesterday just because he gets, I know he's, a lot of people don't like him either. <laughs> so it was interesting. He says a lot of crazy things too. So um, shout out to those guys. Ginobili, I posted on Twitter his little shot against the Warriors. He was always a killer, the lefty, uh, the Euro step, just one of the best. So shout out to those guys. Yeah, Ginobili was always clutch. And he'd always, Come up with the big play. That was the guy on the Spurs who was going to take the last shot for the most part. And he just they won four championships with Ginobili. Yep. He was – outside of that, the, my biggest takeaway from this was Del Harris, George Carl. What do you – you don't have to win anything to get in the Hall of Fame as a coach. Like, you just have to stick around for many of years and you'll eventually get in the Hall of Fame. Carl feels like a Hall of Famer to me. The Harris, I mean – what he do you does. do? Because I remember, I feel like when I remember he was coaching, his teams always were good. And I always felt like he, it seems like he always made I mean, it. Isn't there a Hall of Fame's Hall of Fame? It's like good. You I don't know. Like you, so you feel like you have to win a championship. To be As a coach, or... yeah. If that's your main thing, you should have to win one championship. No, I, 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 I dispute that. Like I think like Adelman is a Hall of Fame worthy. He got in finally. He didn't win a championship. I mean, all those guys are great coaches. I mean, D'Antoni is maybe a Hall of Famer. He didn't win anything. D'Antoni's a Hall of Famer? I would think he probably gets in the Hall of Fame pretty easily eventually. But I, I we have different standards for Hall of Fame. Well, I think I think the, I think I think there's I no way Carl, Harris I would question because he was a coach for a shorter time and he really didn't do anything. Carl has like he's like right up there with the most wins 
I mean, Don Nelson should be a Hall of Famer. He doesn't have a championship. I disagree. I don't think he should be a Hall of Famer. He ruined the franchise. He made a franchise worse for 20 years. Does ben, that not hard, go in? You have, hard, you have hard standards, and then you would have some coaches in there that would highly probably not deserve to be in there because they won a championship as well. No, probably not. You don't think there's any probably not that. just because you won one doesn't mean you're in either. You but but you're saying in. you have to win. Yeah, you that's have, a crazy, yeah, stupid that's, take. No, it isn't. That is a dumb. You can you just have to win a championship. You stick around for 30 years and you're a Hall of Famer. You did like yeah, that's not what these guys it. actually won. Hey, George Carl won. What? Like he was an asshole, but he still won. I mean, I mean, he won that, what? A, he won plenty game, of division game? titles. He made it to the finals with Seattle. Uh, I mean, he's one finals appearance. The only, the only, the only place he was kind of the only place he was terrible was Sacramento, right? And I and even then they well, everybody's terrible like in Sacramento. Well, I don't know. Like the Nuggets, he I thought they had he was I think that's where he really proved to me a Hall of Fame coach too is when he went to the Nuggets as well, and they had some good. Look games. at the talent he coached. He always had talent. It wasn't like he was. And his teams were good. I mean, what are you gonna do? Those are the teams that win wow. championships. Like they have talent. They didn't win championships. Those are the teams that do win championships, that, but they that, didn't win anything. To me, that's a crazy take. Like I, that, that's just like Jerry Sloan, not a hall, not a not a hall of famer. Hey, okay, I'll give Jerry a break. Just, but uh, Wilkins, hey, I mean, like it just doesn't make sense to me. Lenny's in as a player. <laughs> okay, well, let's say like he wasn't a player though. But if he had as a coach, no, no, probably not. Uh, not just you know to me that's I would think most people would disagree with you. I mean, I guess there's certain guys who get in without getting, but Carl and Del Harris, I just wouldn't put it. I, I, I Harris, I agree with Carl. I, I think you're. I mean, I know there's other people that would probably agree with you too because he's kind of a jerk. But well, I just remember when he was coaching, I was thinking his teams were always really good. I always felt like his teams were usually played the style that fit his. Were able to win games, especially like I said, that Nuggets here, especially where they were, were the. They did lose to the Warriors in the playoffs, I know, but uh, I felt like they overachieved in a regular season there. So, anyways, Hall of Fame there. Uh, Hardaway gets in. Just no believe we mentioned Carl there. So, uh, and Waylon from Minnesota. I always remember her from the Lindsay. Gets in, good player there. She's one of the one of like the. My, I know Casey was like, "Hey, we got to talk to WNBA." Well, Casey, you're not on, so you missed our chance to get a little WNBA talk. A little two minute segment of WNBA. Throw a little in there for you there as we go. All right, a couple things here NBA wise. Last week, me and Casey talked top five shooting guards. I brought that list up because our guy Savage and uh, uh, over at the his three Hardaway podcast, they were t- they did a top ten shooting guard list, and they kind of just made me think. All right, let me just get my top five, kind of do a little exercise of that. And uh, I listened to their podcast the next day, and it was vastly different than mine. Um, partially because they probably I think they went more a bit more strict with positions uh, with like how ESPN does them. So like. George is a shooting guard. I kind of consider him a small forward, stuff like that, um, that I maybe would have had George in there at times. So I kind of wanted to get your top five list, though, because I feel like it's an interesting one. Savage, you didn't have even have Clay in the top 10, I believe, um, which really surprised me. You're out of line there, Savage. So let me get your let me get your top 10 there, or top five. Top 10? My top five, I got Harden at five, Mitchell at four, Clay at three, Brown at two, Booker at one, and – you okay. said you have Brown outside your top Where did Jeff play? I missed you. Three. So, yeah, Mitchell five. Yeah, no, Harden five, Mitchell four. Mitchell four. Okay. So, it sounds like – so, I had Booker, Clay two, uh, Booker one, Clay two, Edwards three, Mitchell and Beal five, Brown six. Uh, yeah, I, I just think Clay – I think Clay is the one that surprised me that he didn't have on the top ten there. 
I mean, I don't know. I mean, he was he had a good, he justified it with like, you know, he's down defensively. He came came off a bad year. He did say also he thinks he could have a bounce back year to get back into it. I, I just look at those lists and I still just feel like he's such a better shooter than them. I just put and like he I just kind of know what I'm getting from him most of the time. He averaged 20 a game. It's not like he wasn't scoring. There was talk early in the post. You know, he did have his moments where he was really unplayable at times in some of those and some of those early playoff games. But he he was also he's obviously still a threat, so the team has to treat him as such. You know, because he can't. Yeah. So there is that too as well. Um, and unplayable is a little harsh of a term. He was always playable. He just. Well, there was discussion where he was benchable. I remember there was a pod temple pod test from legit guy. But he I, never did get benched. No, he never did. Big Draymond did. Um, Draymond definitely. Brown is always the confusing one to me. I don't know why. What a why? I guess I'm just missing what you guys see with them. I like a top five yard. Like I saw. I don't know. Like I, there's just something where I'm like top five. Like I don't know. I just he doesn't play with a point guard and like he can shoot. He can drive. He's big. He's physical. He defends. Better than any of the point guards on here, except Clay when Clay's prime. He can he's six seven and he is a four. Like he he was the best player on the Celtics in the NBA Finals. He went to Carroll. I should like him. I just there's something about his game. I, I just I find inconsistent still. I don't know what it is. And you could pick at these other guys I have ahead of him now too. But it, I guess maybe it just comes down to preference uh, in some of these discussions. Like here. you'd rather have Donovan Mitchell, the guy who can't defend anybody. Six, I've seen like, Mitchell and like I've seen Mitchell be better than that. I think like, I think Mitchell can be motivated to play better than that. I don't know. I, I think there's. I just rather yeah, have Mitchell. Yeah. I guess it's preference. Um. Uh, so we got your top five shooting guards there. Last thing with the NBA, NBA released two K three yesterday. What about twenty three? Twenty three. Big video game for us. Uh, obviously, before pre marriage, pre kids, pre kids. That was yeah. a big going back in the day. Uh, so if we're talking strictly 2K, you know, that where is there a guy or a, a team or what was your kind of, what's your thoughts on 2K? A lot of people are, there's diff, so many different modes now. I'm like, what the heck? Yeah, I got a rap for you. What's going on? Uh, my favorite was doing a franchise. And my favorite players were always the guys who could just shoot threes from 30 feet. Like you could untap Bargiotti's ass and he'd end up being the best setter in the league because you could hit 30 footers. But just like as a prototype, and Steve Nash was my favorite guy to play with. He just could shoot lights out. He could pass. He was fast as shit. You, you talked about the franchise mode, though. Didn't they ruin it at some point? Or, is that, or am I just thinking mad? I feel like they, they didn't do as good with some one of the years. No, I was mad in more than I feel like one of the years we were doing franchise mode and we ended up not liking it, the way they developed the players or something like that. Or we got pissed about that. Uh, I always liked that early in the game, 2K3, I could get the rebound and throw it full court. And like oh, Kevin Love passes off the glass all day. They very rarely would be turn it over. So I just remember I, as the team would shoot, I would go to the quickly control the out guy, outlet him, get the rebound and just chuck it over to him. And most of the time it would work. And David Noel benefited greatly from that. Noel wearing a legend. Early on when we did this podcast, I was like, I was like, David Noel was the best player I ever played. Let me look up his NBA career. He played one season. So thank you, David Noel, for that one season that you were in the video game. You were a great player. Somehow could shoot threes when you got on fire. Dunk. North Carolina. Yeah, when you made like 10 dunks in a row, they're on fire. You can make it from three. <laughs> um, so anyways, a little, little thing there at the NBA this week. Hall of Fame, the tournament, like I said, big week coming up. Warriors going to Japan. 
this year, Steve Kerr is fired up about it. A couple of years ago, he was not fired up about it, but this year he says it's for the people. So we'll see. Uh, <laughs> let's see what happens. I told you from the beginning, I am worried about this trip affecting the team long-term this season. So we'll see how it goes. I think it will have a big factor in the season. I'm going to make it. That's, that's my bold play. <laughs> early on i think it, the thing too is i feel like if they do these tournaments the teams that go to out of overseas they're gonna be they're gonna be, they're gonna they're not gonna be able to make these tournaments at the, they're gonna be too tired tyler they won't get off to a good start for the, they won't qualify for the eight games <laughs> they're not gonna make it uh the warriors will be fine they know how to rest their players uh, be ready for the playoffs uh speaking of rule changes uh where uh, we'll go and maybe MLB, we were talking about maybe doing a live episode this week uh, uh, on the Variety Sports Network there, a little short video. Uh, there are some intriguing rule changes in MLB I want to get into uh, as well. I, you know, we got the bigger bases, the pitch clock. Uh, there's just so much to go into with that. I think so we'll make that maybe a separate podcast here and deep dive into it. But like, just real quick, is there a, in that rule change, was there one that just kind of sticks out real quick? The no, there wasn't. There wasn't one. It's the fact that they're at least trying to do something and they're not stuck in their own way, not doing anything, just letting the game slowly decay. I don't even know if I like any of the rules right now from what I've seen. Like I haven't deep dove into them, but I like that they're at least doing something that they're trying at least. Will I like the rules? Probably not, but at least they're doing something. Like I said, we'll deep dive into this later. Though. Yeah. The only one that's going to really intrigue me the most, like it just intrigues me so much is the one that you can only throw over two times and on the third one if you don't pick them off they get the base the does that game. count as a stolen base it said <laughs> did you get a did you get a stolen base but you said uh, count it as, would you count that as a stolen no base? i wouldn't count that as a stolen base I but you you're that big of a threat that they're throwing over one time no i just consider no. it i consider it you forgot how many times you could throw over uh, well, that's just played. But I'm saying that I can't even say the word because if you throw over twice, right? You can the third, the guy knows like on that next throw over that they're gonna get penalized. So you can maybe get a little bit of bigger lead. It doesn't yeah, you can't get a big enough one where they'll pick you off. Uh, uh, Manford, one of the worst commissioners ever, said they've been doing this for three and a half years in the uh, in the minor league. So we'll see how that plays. Took away, it took guess the amount of time it took off a game. He's had like 26 minutes. 26 minutes. We'll see what happens. So we'll see. I said, wouldn't it be funny if the game got longer? <laughs> At least they haven't gotten to robo umpires. That's my one takeaway uh, from this. So we got the shift. That's going to be intrigued there. There's a lot of things baseball's throwing out. So it might look like it's not going to look like a completely different game, but it might look a little bit differently going into next year. So anyways, MLB, we'll get into the rule changes a little bit later there. A uh, couple other notes. MLB. Thursday night, folks. Otani judge still just cooking on fire. Who else hit seven? Who else hit I gotta seven? put him in my fantasy roster. I always leave him on the bench. I know he's killing you. Four away from 700. Tied Rodriguez last night. Uh, CJ Crone hit a 504 foot bomb. I, if anybody hasn't seen that, go check out it today. Just a monster blast. Like when you put a car 485 feet, you don't expect somebody to hit it over the car. <laughs> and that's what this man did. They literally put a Toyota truck. And left field, 485 feet up. You would never see it unless this man hit it over the <laughs> It'd be like somebody hitting the, the glove, right? Like, yeah, you just I don't ever expect anybody to ever hit the glove. And that's what nah. So Didn't someone hit a 499-foot shot, like, two days before or a day before? Uh, I think like, also. Was it, the guy, was it the guy from the Pirates that looked at? Uh, no, I mean, 122 mile per hour. 
line drive off the wall. Anyways, I just thought it was funny when I saw that truck out there and it went over. <laughs> I, like, yeah, I don't even know what you're like, talking about. A truck. I was like, that is a, that's, that's a bomb. So anyway, check that out there. If you haven't seen that pretty cool highlight for the week. All right. So Tyler, episode 103 here. We got, and we're going to be doing the, the football one this week. Everybody's excited for the football podcast. So we're, let's get, this get this out. But before we end the podcast, we're trying our new little tradition here. I kind of like it. Winner and losers of the week. Kind of gives us a chance to rant and rave about something that maybe isn't always a topic. So um, why don't uh, why don't I go? Why don't we let you go first? Actually, with the winner, I think you got the winner that most people would be curious to talk about. Uh, I don't think I have the winner that you're thinking. I have Nate Diaz as my winner. Oh, um, changed it up on me. I changed it. Uh, he came back from he was supposed to fight uh, Tamayev, who missed weight by seven and a half pounds, and he what got to fight Ferguson, and he just. He went out on top. He's leaving the UFC. Still a superstar. Still like a marketable guy. He can go do his own thing, make his own money, make his own contract. And I just props to him. And he's from Stockton, not too far yeah, away from, from here. Yeah. I, heard, I saw your brother on Facebook talking about it. It was like he was watching the fight over there. Let's let's quickly, your other winner. I think that's a little bit more intriguing. I don't even remember who it was. Oh, Tyler, what are you doing? We got the Bills won. Your boys. You said the um, Bills as your winner early on. Uh, I really yeah. did, want, I did want to mention them real quick, though, because they looked absolutely unreal uh, in that second half against the Rams. Even in the first half, they looked like the way better team. The Rams, they just kind of, they just, those turnovers, the, the guy dropping that pass didn't help and into the Rams. Uh, we talked about the Rams being terrible. The Bills, Vegas, good job having them be the favorites. They look really yeah. good. good about Josh this. Allen just looked like, uh, I remember when someone's like, no one compares to Mahomes, and it was Josh Allen's like, second year third year and I was like ah, Allen has all the potential he just hasn't reached there yet and he's surpassing Mahomes as like the most gifted guy that's still far on that guy you're kidding me he's freaking he's huge can throw it 80 800 yards yeah, he's, he's yeah he can throw from multiple angles the bills look fantastic Vaughn Miller Rams short. oh god <laughs> he just abused abused a couple of the guys there uh, it's funny. Somebody said, "Is he a is he a first ballot Hall of Famer?" Von Miller. I was like, "I think he's got to." Oh, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. But then I look at the list, and I'm like, "A lot of these guys didn't make it who I thought were first ballot Hall of Famers." But do so they have a Super Bowl MVP? We talked about the NBA. We talked about the NBA Hall of Fame being kind of weird, but NFL is weird too. Like, yeah, maybe they're an MVP, but like Chris Carter was like a Hall of Famer when I watched him play. It took him forever to get him. Like, you know what I mean? Just things like that. Like, but that's not, the position that always gets screwed over in the NFL Hall of Fame is wide receiver. It doesn't make sense how so they. Good. Yeah, but like, yeah, there's some like Tim Brown. I'm like, how are these guys waiting? They were like the best players at their position when they play. Um, all right, so winner of the week, you got there, uh, Diaz, and I threw in the bills there for you as well. I got also winner of the week for me. I got the U.S. Open. This is for this little segment is for my father-in-law. This is who this. He asked me. He asked me if we could talk a little tennis out here, and I am going to oblige because, uh, as you know, make him wait till the end, Darren. That's right. We could. That's why I do it in segments. Do it it's like, right. Good thinking. Uh, good producing. Good producing. Uh, and that's a podcast. That's how they do things here. So I wanted to oblige. Anyways, I like watching the U.S. Open a ton. Usually, I know there's some guys missing from the tournament, but there has been some really good play, especially this guy Alcaraz from Spain. Tyler, he's 19 years old. Um, I know nobody probably has watched any of his matches, but if anybody has, he's electric. He is just. He gets to absolutely everything. He is an athletic beast. Until you watch some of these guys play tennis, you don't realize these guys are probably some of the best athletes in the world. These guys are just machines. They play for four and a half hours. They sprint. Fast as shit. 
guy sprints at everything. He doesn't really take any time off. He goes after everything. He's behind the back one right this week. He went behind the back. Uh, what's the guy from the United States uh, he played yesterday? Francis Tiafal. Who put on a show at the U.S. Open, who I really enjoyed watching as well. Uh, he goes, tries to hit it back. Uh, Alcaraz goes cross court again. The crowd just electrifies those guys too. Those guys especially put on a show this week in their in their match. I got to watch the whole thing. Um, that's when tennis is good when the crowd's into it like that. Uh, there's an American in there, and Tyler again. Uh, the U.S. Open, uh, <laughs> the American has not won any major since 2003, Andy Roddick. So crazy to think that U.S. tennis that used to dominate is now terrible. But anyways, winner of the week, U.S. Open for me. I just really enjoyed watching some of the young guys play tennis, some of the new guys. Um, I guess if we were going to do loser of the week for tennis, it is kind of that some of the guys like Joker can't be in it because of the COVID restrictions. Uh, Federer is obviously not in it anymore, but I, I got a shout out, winner of the week, U.S. Open, Tyler. There are some good players in it this week. Yeah, it was very entertaining. That Serena, we didn't, you didn't even mention Serena and like no, but the entertainment she brought a lot last week. And just yeah, the U.S. Open did well. It sold itself very well this year. Alcaraz, like you said, up and coming phenom. From what it looks like, he has all the tools. It's hard to watch a tennis match for four and a half hours, right? Like I can hear you talking right now. And you're like, uh, yeah, I can see. Like it's hard to watch it to really be focused on these guys. But if you do get a chance to actually watch a match like I was lucky to watch most it's, of that match like it does change your perspective on like what they're doing and how hard but it's they're hard when you don't have the best player in the world not there because the stupid tournament's not allowing people to no that's it's true so dumb I can't like, watch, wait to watch this guy play him play Joe oh yeah he's he's he, they played once and Alker has actually beat him it wasn't a big tournament or anything, but he gets to everything he just gets to everything man you reminds me more of Nadal than Joker just the way he's like played, but he's very entertaining. And I just wish Joker was there. He's it's hard to like go and like these guys don't have anything like oh he's never won a major. Okay, so he could win one, and it's like Joker's won twenty. Like yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. I It'd be fun to see the young gun against these guys trying to. Yeah, it would be great. Their career. Um, all right, loser of the week. Who do you got? My loser of the week is Jalen Ramsey. He just got torched. Perfect passer rating against him. Gave up, I think, the last out went seven of eight against him for two touchdowns and 156 yards. It was just nice to see a guy get humbled who's one of the most arrogant players in the NFL. And I saw so, some things with him. Ramsey, this week you get a rare quotes. L for the week. Well, there's some quotes this week about him uh, kind of ripping on Allen when he was drafted or something. I don't know if those were real or not. I just kind of saw those go kind of going around yeah. about Allen, uh, about him saying, Allen, uh, what well, isn't going to be that guy? So and I saw, and I saw um, a quote a couple a couple Jesus quotes after the game. How <laughs> to bring so that help him find Jesus? I might need to need to go to church today after that after getting whooped like that. Um, so, uh, so Tyler's got him as the loser of the week. Um, a loser of the week for me, Tyler. It's kind of a funny one this week uh, for you. Uh, just for Adam, maybe purposely too. We're going to go to the the Queen of England passes away. This is. Uh, she was there for 70 years at the ring, I believe, something like that. She passed away at 96. <laughs> a little tongue-in-cheek here, but Tyler had her as the, the – uh, did not did not think high, highly of the royal family, let's put it that way, Tyler. So I give Tyler the loser of the week for his opinion on the, the Queen's passing there and the, the significance of her, uh, make, make her life here in England. Back. And I'm going to make you seem like an a-hole for a minute, but you can defend well, it. I'll make myself seem like an a-hole when it comes yeah, to this You stuff. probably will. 
Uh, you referred to her as a female dog. And we don't like that uh, in this in this Twitter radio. Well, that was I, overstepping the boundaries. I shouldn't I, have done that. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. But the other thing with me too, I find fascinating. I believe, doesn't your mother love the royal family? I thought I remember. Uh, she like she liked Princess Diana because she was against it. Like she like revolted against it. Like. I, I I thought I remember your mom wanting to watch the wedding when Princess William got. I thought I remember that being a big deal for her. Uh, I, I don't recall that. that. I don't give a. I, I, I think that's, a, that's an image I have. I think if you find the royal family like this interesting, important people in this world, it's why wild. are you so harsh on the queen? That's my thing. Why it's like so it's a whole royal family. It's the whole idea. You're not royal. You you were just born. You got lucky. You're fucking spoilty. You're not royalty. How like, what is lucky? You might not always want that life. You're in the spot. What do you here. mean? Their jobs include their represent representational duties. They but yeah. You couldn't go to the they're bar the monarch. Go have a drink at the bar and watch the game. You have other responsibilities. Things you don't want to do at 23. They focus on national identity, unity, and pride. Oh, good job. You, you, you focus on the unity of our country. You don't make it unity. You don't unify our country. You just focus on it. You jerk. You, you, you do nothing. Gives, you give a sense of stability. A sense. Not, you don't stable the country. You just give a sense of stability. Good job. Well, that, and that's important. It said I And the queen recognizes success and excellence. All you got to do is say, good job. You did good today, Andy Murray. Good job. That's your duties. What are are we doing here? She's a, I mean, she's not royalty. She married her third cousin. She's a sicko. What's wrong with you? Well, I pray for you after that rant, but we'll see what happens there on that. I, 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 I just don't buy the royal, harsh family. On the royal family. No, I'm not. I don't. If you think the royal family is important or above you, you're that, a weirdo. They're nobody. I'm, I'm just not in the book that it's necessarily a great thing you're doing. I like there was this thing yesterday. I called her a biatch after her death was rude. I shouldn't have done that. That was, that was overstepping the boundaries. Very out of line on that one. But I don't, I don't care know. about the royal family. I think they should all disappear. Why is England like if I do, we don't even want to pay tax money for our health care, let alone these rich people who do nothing except for like congratulate other people on their successes. What do we do? Like you would not want it. You'd be like, F this family. Why Isn't that kind of, aren't they, they kind of like our singers in some ways, like celebrities? Like, they're, they're at least they're, talented. They, make, they, they like entertain you. <laughs> they are, but they at least they do it with clash. They flaunt their diamonds in front of you that you bought. Them. I think she does charitable work, right? She served in the world. She does charitable work. I think her reign is a little different than maybe some of the newer reign here. She did live through like what five wars that she was part of there. So I think you're being a little harsh on her no, no, no. today. So you are my loser of the week time for your take on the queen. That is <laughs> Uh, another okay. Let's bring up another bad thing this lady did after her father's death, and she became queen. British colonial authorities in Kenya suppressed a rebellion against the colonial regime known as the Mau Mau, which, according to the New York Times, led to an establishment of vast system of detention camps and torture, rape, castration, and killings of tens of thousands of people. This lady is a psychopath and doesn't deserve anything. I'm going to leave it at that. I don't even want to go any farther. I think that will end the podcast on that little rant there. No, uh, I think that, uh, I think, like I said, a little harsh here this week, Tyler. I think you got, you'll lose of the week. Queen, now the king. We have a king now in charge. King William. Does that make sense? The, we have a man as the new queen. <laughs> Perfect for the times. <laughs> oh, Tyler, I'll you. I love it. Uh, all right, so we got our winners of the league. Uh, gentlemen, or Tyler, 
you know, I don't know how long this podcast went, but it was a good one. It's good to have you back. It's, good to, it it's good to be back. I love it. God bless you. Um, it's Thank fun you. doing that. Um, yep. I listen to some of these other podcasts out here, and they do a great job with them. And then you got some guys. We always talk about interviewing, like, uh, you know, professional guys, too. You know, like, getting somebody on from, like, a real take. And all credit to those guys that do those podcasts and, and get them on. And, but I hope something, I hope with our podcast, it brings something different. Just us talking, being friends, just, oh, we're not here to give you like the ultimate, like this analyst of it, but we're just trying to yeah. give you some perspective, hopefully being entertaining with it. And like you, you have opinions on these sports, but we just kind of want to make it entertaining with our takes on it and make you think about things that hopefully uh, uh, maybe you're not necessarily thinking about going into the league uh, of sports or recapping the week of sports. So Again, appreciate everybody that support our, our podcast. Um, go check us out, like we said tonight, uh, talking to Gridiron Sunday night here, 8 o'clock live on uh, Facebook as well. So we'll be doing that, Tyler, tonight, Variety Sports Network. Um, so, yeah, uh, until next time, next week, we'll have a lot to talk about <laughs> going into week two. Football we'll is to back. Out. Everything changes in the podcast game when football is back. Uh, with that said, Tyler – Ryan, go Trey Young. <laughs>